Hey, Centerpoint fam and friends, thanks for being a part of Centerpoint Church online with us this weekend. If you're new with us, I'm John, I'm lead pastor of Centerpoint, and uh, thanks for being a part of church this weekend. Hey, if you were blessed in the time of worship just now, would you just in the comments just type in the words yes or amen or something? and uh, shout out Centerpoint Worship. And by the way, you might wanna get our Centerpoint Worship album, which is called We Need Your Kingdom, uh, wherever you stream your music. Hey, I wanted to ask you to, I'm sorry, I gotta start over. I just botched it. Okay, I'm gonna just roll right into it. Ready? <laughs> hey, Centerpoint family and friends, thanks for being a part of Centerpoint Church online with us this weekend. I'm John, I'm lead pastor of Centerpoint and I'm glad you joined us for church. In just a few moments, we're gonna get into the message, but first I wanna just say thanks to all of you who further the work of the gospel through your faithful giving. And if you haven't started giving yet, uh, you can give easily by going to mycenterpoint.tv and just click on give, or you can text uh, the word give to 1-951-397-2254. So, this weekend, before we get into the message, I want to invite you to be a part of a week of prayer and fasting. And I'm calling this time of prayer and fasting simply turn. There's so much trouble and tension and pain and brokenness in our world right now, in our country right now, in our community, and we need to be a church that prays. And so I felt a stirring in my spirit that we need to have a time of prayer and fasting. And that's what turn is all about. The word of God says in Isaiah 45, 22, God himself speaks through the prophet and says, turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. And so we're gonna do that. We're gonna turn to the Lord together. That's what this week of prayer and fasting is about. So here's practically speaking what I'm asking you to do. First of all, would you join me in fasting this week? So that means that you're going to pick something to fast from. And maybe it's food or, or a particular meal, or, or maybe you'd fast from entertainment media. Just seek the Lord. What should I fast from for a whole entire week? Something that you know, is a sacrifice. And instead of whatever that is, just put your energy into praying. And then I would also invite you to take part in uh, a morning and evening prayer time. And so you can do that on your own or you can jump into what we're gonna do together. And so each day this week, Monday through Friday, the 18th through the 22nd, we are going to have a morning prayer time at 6.30 in the morning on Facebook Live. And then we're gonna have an in-person prayer circle in the parking lot on our church campus, socially distanced and safe, but at 6.30 p.m. So 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening. And I would invite you to be a part of either of those to whatever degree you're able, or just join in uh, in your own time however you can. And uh, there's details for how to pray, some prayer focus points, and you can find those online. I've posted them at theturn.life. And so just check that out. And each day there's a prayer focus. I really want us, church, to be praying this week. It's a big week for our country. And we need to be a church that gets that and that leans into that and prays like we believe that God has good things in store for our lives, for our community, and for our country. So be a part of TURN, a week of prayer and fasting this week. 
And this weekend, we've got Pastor James bringing God's word to us. So Lord, we pray that you'd speak mightily through, through your word and through uh, your servant, James. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey everyone, my name's Pastor James and I'm here to bring the message today for all of us. We're continuing in this, this series right now called Supreme Over All, where we're taking a look at the book of Colossians. And so what I would love for you to do, if you haven't already, go grab your Bible or maybe open up uh, the Bible app on your phone or your device. And let's get ready to dive into Colossians chapter one, starting in verse 24. We're gonna read all the way through Colossians chapter two, verse five. And as you're getting ready to turn there, I wanna just give you sort of a setup to what is happening right now. See, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church of Colossians because they have a group of people in this community that are sort of being misled because there's so many different truths. There's so many different versions of what people are saying, philosophies and different gods and different uh, messages of who Jesus was. And this was deeply troubling the Apostle Paul to the point where he's now writing to them and we, uh, we get to kind of look into what this, this message is. And I think that we're actually gonna be able to apply quite a bit of what the Apostle Paul uh, wrote to them about and apply it to our lives today. And so if you're ready to dive in, let's get to it. So we're gonna be in Colossians chapter one, starting in verse 24, and it says this, now, now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and those at Lodicea for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in the body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Would you pray with me as we get ready to just unpack this together? Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come right now. And God, I pray that you would take over, Lord. It would be your words and not mine and that I can get out of the way, God, and that you would impact the hearts of those listening. I pray, Lord, that this message would, um, would impact people in a way that it would cause them to grow, to mature, to change, to, to step into the fullness of what you have for them and for who you are. And so God, you deserve all the glory, all the honor, and all of our attention. We, 
love you and we trust you in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen, amen. So I recognize that in, in a passage like this, my intention is I'd like for us to read through all of it and then to go back and go through it sort of verse by verse and grab a few different things for all of us. And uh, what I would like to do sort of is just to kind of set up the fact that in the first verse, in verse 24, he starts by saying, now. And the reason why I think that I'm emphasizing that word now is because the Apostle Paul was not always uh, a person who suffered for Christians. In fact, the Apostle Paul, known as Saul originally, was actually someone who would go through the towns and the cities and would kill Christians. He put fear in Christian people, people that were considered followers of Jesus. He was persecuting the church. And then we know that uh, if you've read through the book of Acts chapter nine, you see that Jesus actually stops the apostle Paul, knocks him off of his horse. He's blinded. He encounters Jesus and the revelation of who Jesus is. And from that moment on, he considers himself commissioned by God to, to preach this message to kings, to Gentiles, to rulers, to all people. And so when it says the word now, I want you to sort of, Remember that Paul in this moment, he's saying, I remember where I was before, but now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. Verse 25, I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. So Paul is basically saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm losing sleep over this. I'm worried about you guys. I'm, you've never met me before, but there's a sense that I don't want you to be misled. See, the apostle Paul took it very serious when he was commissioned by God to carry this message. He was shepherding and caring for the church in this moment. And I almost feel like the same burden should apply to all of us today, that we should be followers of Jesus where we carry sort of the same type of a, of a burden for the church that we don't want people to be misled. We don't want people to be deceived. We don't want people to fall into evil ways. And so sort of in the same way, the apostle Paul is being very authentic and just reaching out to them and, and wanting to explain to them, hey, my heart first and foremost goes out to you. And I was sort of, use this kind of this graphic analogy. I know this is kind of disturbing that I have a hammer in my hand right now and what I'm gonna use the analogy for. But essentially, if, if this hammer, if, if I was to take this hammer and uh, as graphic as this may sound, and, and I was to, to strike myself in the head or if someone was to hit me with a hammer in the head, don't you think that that would also affect my feet? Even though it's a different body part, it, it, it's still, when it affects the head, it also affects the, the feet. Or if I was to be hit with a hammer in the chest, you know, and that would hurt so bad, but wouldn't that also affect the head as well? The point being is that even though this was a different church and this was a different part of the body, it was still connected to the body. And so the apostle Paul in this moment, he's saying, hey, if you're hurting, I'm hurting. And I feel like maybe we need to sort of carry this approach as well today uh, for those on social media, for those in our community. I mean, even with this hammer, if this hammer was to, to somehow you know, hit Abel, my son or something like that, he has a different name, but it would still hurt me. And I guess the point I'm saying is that even though 
we have different names. We're all still connected to the same family. So the church down the road, if something happens there, we're still part of the church. And so even though we have different names, we're still connected together. The Apostle Paul is, is showing us in this moment that, hey guys, we all are in this together. And I wanna give you sort of my main point right now because I'm, we're gonna use it quite a lot in this message and it's this, let the hope of glory continue growing in you. Let's try that on real quick and just uh, say it out loud together. Uh, why don't you repeat this out loud after me and also type it in the chat at the same time. One, two, three. Let the hope of glory continue growing in you. One more time, church. Let the hope of glory continue growing in you. See, the apostle Paul in this moment, he recognizes the fact that, that in order to continue growing in the hope of glory, he had to address the fact that, hey, you guys are being misled right now. And this is hurting me as well in this moment. See, when we look at this verse and we continue on in reading, in verse 25, it says, I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. Verse 26 the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of the mystery, which is in Christ in you, the hope of glory. Church, I want you to actually repeat this last verse out loud with me because of how important this verse is. Verse 27, one more time. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What exactly does that mean? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Are you understanding what we're actually reading, church? This is great news for today. It says Christ in you, Christ, the, the son of the living God, the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead is available for those who will confess the name of Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior. That, that spirit, the same resurrection power, Jesus comes and lives inside of us. And so what I want to tell you today is you may not feel like you're above average. You may not feel like you're extraordinary, but if you've confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have resurrection power living on the inside of you. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That means that for humanity, there is no hope outside of Christ. If you think about it, every single being must face death at some point, and they may not live on forever, but for those who put their faith and trust in the Lord will live for eternity. This is why Christ in you, the hope of glory is so powerful. It's Jesus that brings life. It's Jesus that brings peace. It's Jesus that brings the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Christ in me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you know, when we think about the hope of glory, that second part, 
You know, a lot of us, we have a, a, a tainted version or um, a, a subpar version of what that word glory even means. You know, that word glory could be pronounced as doxa, which comes from doxology. And really what that really comes down to is this rich language of, and, and, and sometimes it's used in verb and noun form, but, but rarely and most of the time, actually, it would be like describing magnificent or excellence or preeminence dignity, grace, the most glorious condition, most exalted state, the majesty, the supreme. This is the, this glory is this bright. It's this powerful. It's this wonderful. This is the splendor of God, the, the, the hope of glory. But when, when we think about glory in a worldly standard, actually, we actually find ourselves more chasing after this kind of version of glory. It's like, if I could just kind of have the, maybe the bigger house, or if I could maybe have some trophies or some uh, accomplishments. You know, this is the, the one time I ever played basketball <laughs> um, and got a trophy for that or um, skateboarding. You know, I mean, I had these trophies, these things in life, but I was chasing that for me. This was a, a standard of glory. We all sort of have our, our fallen world version of what we think glory is, that it's if I just have more, then I'll be loved more. If, if I could just have the, uh, the nicer car or the bigger house or the next promotion. And somehow we think that this is what the hope of glory is. This is this glory, this, this notoriety, this influence, this fame. But really what happens is what happens when your rights start getting taken away from you or, or there's a COVID virus that comes or there's other um, world catastrophes uh, catastrophes that happen or your marriage falls apart and you recognize that, hey, all of these things are fleeting. All of these things that I thought I was putting my hope in, it, it will never actually give me eternal life. It'll never give me something that, that it extends beyond the grave. We can't take our trophies and our houses and our cars with us after this life. No, the only thing that can live within us is Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's Christ in Christ alone. I'm preaching right now at you, church. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory that we need today more than ever. And we recognize that what the apostle Paul was saying is, hey, this is a secret mystery that has been hidden for all ages. And I'm about to drop a truth bomb on you. And it's this, Christ is in you, the hope of glory. He's saying to the Colossian church, he's saying, I know that there's these other philosophies and there's these different versions, but Jesus Christ is hope for humanity. Jesus Christ is what we need today more than ever, church. I like the way the NLT translation puts this same verse. It says this, for God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret, Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So when we talk about the majesty and the splendor and the wonder of God, we get to share in that because it's Christ that lives in us. And so when you're battling through different things, temptations and, and uh, you know, sickness in your body and different things, you have the same spirit that lives in Christ, that is Christ living in you. And so family, I just wanted to just share that with you. And then we continue on and 
We read in verse 29. In verse 29, we read this. Actually, can you put up verse 28? Sorry about that. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with you all the energy Christ so powerfully works within me. So let's put verse 28 back up. We see that the apostle Paul is saying, hey, I'm proclaiming this message to you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we're doing this so that there could be admonishing and teaching for everyone so that you will, you will grow in wisdom and we can present everyone fully mature in Christ. See what happens churches is we love to build and encourage and do all these things, but we have a hard time with admonishing, tearing down, reprimanding, correcting. But the apostle Paul recognized this, that, that when we have received Christ, when we've confessed Jesus as Lord, yes, we are changed that moment, but we still need to be matured and we still need to grow and we still need to develop into the full image of Christ. And so there's going to be moments where we have to speak up against evil. We have to stand against injustice. We have to speak out when a brother or a sister is doing something that they shouldn't and help correct and walk alongside that person in love. It's, this is the, uh, the responsibility that the apostle Paul felt for this church and really we should feel for one another is that we're in this together. We're in this together. Why don't you say that out loud and put it in the chat. We're in this together. And this is why we need to let the hope of glory continue growing in you. This is why, because we want us to continue to mature. We wanna to continue to grow. And sometimes we allow things and we do things that prohibits our growth in our life. We chase the, the trophies and the things of this world. But the fact is, is that this is from a fallen world. This is a sinful way of doing this, but this is not the hope of glory. This is not Christ in us that I think produces that growth and that fruit in our lives. And so as we continue reading on in Colossians chapter two, Colossians chapter two, verse one through five, the apostle Paul continues to write and he says this, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that it may be full of the riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. You can see that the Apostle Paul, he, he starts out in chapter two by really telling us that we need, to, we need to care for the needs of the community. We see that with the Apostle Paul and we have to do the same. We have to continue to contend for people. We have to pray for people. We have to believe actually that prayer is powerful that prayer matters, that prayer is not secondary, but that we need to be on our knees praying for our city, praying for our nation, repenting on behalf of other people, repenting on behalf of our own sins. And then as we continue in verse two again, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. Church, when we follow Christ completely, when we surrender our lives and we choose to let the hope of glory continue growing in us, 
We become united in hearts. We become, we start caring for the needs of others and we help other people discover Jesus. That's so rich and so powerful, church, that we have the opportunity to help show people the secret, the mystery that has been hidden for all ages, that, that God is not distant and far, but God is actually ever close and present. And he's here and available right now. If we would turn away from, from the fallen nature and we would turn away from those things and we would seek the Lord and we would help other people discover Jesus, we could change the world. We could change our communities. And then as we continue reading in verse three, in whom are hidden the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Verse four, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine sounding arguments. For though I am absent for you in the body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Church, we need to have firm faith in Christ. And if you're listening to this message and you would say, you know, Pastor James, I, I, I haven't put my faith in Christ alone. I haven't surrendered my life to Jesus, to his lordship. I, I haven't made myself open and available to allowing the hope of glory to come and live and dwell in me to enrich every area of my life and my well-being. Then I want to extend an invitation for you to make that decision right now. If you're watching online in this message, you can leave in the comments or you could private message one of us or just make this decision known. You can also text the word Jesus to 951-397-2254. And in this moment, I wanna make um, this, this opportunity available to you. Let's talk to Jesus because he's here right now in our midst. Just speak to him and say something like this, Jesus, I give you my life. I choose to repent from my sinful ways. I acknowledge that you are the hope of glory. You are powerful, wonderful, and you are Lord over all. I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior from this moment on. Amen. If you made that decision to give your life to the Lord, we wanna celebrate with you. It's, a, it's an amazing choice. It's, it's a life-changing decision that you've just made. But now what I would like to do is I'd like for us as the believers to stand firm in our faith. And let's pray for some other things. I mean, I don't want this message to be passive to where we just sit on our couches and we just sort of watch an entertaining message. But no, I wanna have church with, with the family of believers. I want us to pray right now for some different things. And so if you would, would you join me in praying? Would you pray right now for our community? Pray right now, Lord, or for our nation, for the people that we have. And let's just pray right now. God, we turn to you. You said that if we would humble ourselves and repent of our sinful ways and seek your face, you said that you would turn and you would hear our prayers from heaven. And so right now, God, we repent. We repent on half of our nation. We repent on half of, of the sins of of the generations before us and, and us right now. And we ask God that you would bring healing to our land. We ask that you would reconcile where there has been division, where there has been strife, where there has been evil actions done. And we ask right now that your hand would be upon our land, that you would touch the lives of the broken and that you would humble the prideful in this moment. 
we ask, Lord, that you would restore to us again because your prayer for us was that we would bring heaven to earth, that, that, that we would become one just as you and the Father were one. And so we're asking right now, God, that you would bring restoration and reconciliation. In Jesus' name. Let's take a couple more minutes to just pray for a few other things. Would you also just pray with me for someone here that may have some sort of, uh, of uh, problems within their back? Um, I've been having problems in my back as well for about a week. And so um, this could be a word of knowledge for someone, but I wanna pray for, for someone online that might have back problems. And so could we just extend And If you're a family member, maybe it's a sibling or it's your dad who's in the garage or on the couch watching this message or another sibling, just reach out to them. Maybe in a, in a step of faith, put your hand out towards them and touch their back where it hurts. And let's just pray for, for back pain to, to be healed. So, I'm placing my hands on my own back right now. Jesus, I just ask, Lord, for healing over the back of anyone who has back pain, who has bulging discs, for anyone who has uh, some sort of nerve damage or tweak in their back. We just ask for healing right now in Jesus' name. Healing right now in Jesus' name. Full mobility, full function, complete strength returning right now and zero pain in Jesus' name. Now what I want you to do is I just want you to test it out. I mean, my back literally just cracked right now, but I want, let's see if, if, if your guys' back starts feeling better. And if it does, leave it in the comments, let us know. We wanna celebrate that this is miraculous. This is a sign of God healing and touching us because this is the hope of glory, Christ in us. Well, let's take another moment and let's pray for some other things. God, what else do you want us to, to lift up and pray for? I wanna also just echo what Pastor John was suggesting. Why don't we pray for um, what it is that we're supposed to fast this week? And if you've never fasted before, if you've never done this before, then this is a, this is a, um, this is a powerful invitation into something that is, it works. Fasting and praying works. And, and, it, and I wanna encourage you, maybe you need to fast from social media or you need to fast from some sort of entertainment um, thing that like Pastor John was saying, but let's pray right now that um, that we would just get this this um, this rising up of desire for holiness and goodness, and to actually follow through on this for the week. And so, God, I just pray for those who are sort of on the edge about um, participating in this, and I just pray that we would be connected, just as Your Word said in this passage, united in heart and in love, fully maturing and growing. Uh, in the hope of glory. And so I just pray right now that, that you would just feel an impression on your heart that maybe it's a meal or maybe it's this or coffee or tea or something, but I pray that you would just feel a sense of, okay, that's it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna join the prayer nights or the prayer mornings. I'm gonna do the fasting and I'm gonna fully press in and watch the power of prayer work. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Church family, I hope that you... Uh, enjoyed this message. I hope that you feel strengthened and challenged in the Lord. And I pray that um, this week, maybe you take those questions that we wrote for the community and for the body, and you go through those with maybe a family member and sit down and, and go through the talk about it type of questions. And I hope that you'll join us again next week for part three of Supreme Overall. God bless you, church family, and thanks for joining us at church. Let's worship.